Welcome to the UC Berkeley Data Science Education Podcast. We're happy you're listening in today. In this space, you'll hear from a variety of distinguished data science educators and professionals. The individuals we'll speak with are diverse in experience and perspective, but share the common goal of shaping the future of data science education. Our idea is to have some informal conversations with the goal of creating community and let people hear from practitioners in this growing new field. My name is Eric Van Dusen from Data Science Undergraduate Studies in the Division of Computing, Data Science, and Society at UC Berkeley, and I'll be leading our conversation today. And my name is Harry Lee, also from Data Science Undergraduate Studies. I'm working as an intern with the division's external pedagogy team, and I'll be helping out today too. Hello, everybody. Today, we're excited to have Nick Horton with us. Uh, it's great to have you, Nick. Um, can you let uh, our listeners know a little bit about yourself and where you work? Sure. Um, I'm Nick Horton. I'm the Beitzel Professor of Technology and Society and uh, Statistics and Data Science at Amherst College, a uh, small liberal arts college in Western Massachusetts. Uh, great. Can you give us a brief introduction of how you got into data science education and what you're working on in this area? Sure. Well, I've had a long-standing interest in ways to infuse computation into the statistics and science curriculum. Um, and I've been involved in a number of National Academies initiatives, the Committee on Applied and Theoretical Statistics. I had the opportunity to serve as one of the members of the National Academies consensus study, the Data Science for Undergraduates. David Culler from Berkeley and others were um, part of that initiative. Um, and that was a great opportunity to really be thinking holistically about how data science really can, can be designed in ways that are equitable, inclusive, that can really develop data capacities in all students. Um, more recently, I've been working on a number of projects in, in, this, in this area. One of them is to try to understand better from a, the learning side how novice students consider text as data. Uh, another is to kind of look at approaches to introduce novice students to version control tools, given the importance of reproducibility and workflow for data science. And last but not least, really thinking about ways that technologies from software engineering like Agile Development, Scrum, can be used to facilitate data science projects and groups. Nice. Okay, uh, what's a challenge you've faced when working to promote data science education? What, what, what's, what gets in the way? I, I think uh, that's a great question, Eric. There's, a lo there's so many new skills to learn. So faculty development is a huge barrier. When we think about people who are teaching, um, I'm doing a lot of work recently with two-year colleges, community colleges. These folks have incredibly, you know, they're high teaching loads, but they're doing some remarkable work. How do we help them to kind of learn the tools that are out there um, and to kind of take advantage of these tools? Um, the technologies are changing so quickly, it can be dizzying at times. The good news, though, you know, is that we have two, you know, ecoverses, the Python world, the R world, which, I, which are great because they're free and open, open access. Um, we have things to technologies like JupyterHub and RStudio that have been really put together in, in, in some useful ways that can make these technologies accessible and help level that playing field. But I still think that there's a shortage of time 
in faculty development and a need to kind of bring people on board because a lot of the stuff that we're now teaching was not part of the traditional graduate curriculum in computer science and statistics or in other disciplines. Great. And you've touched upon a lot of great things and a lot of goals and stuff you're working on right now. But um, what do you, in a broad sense, see as the future for data science education? I, I think it's a really bright future. Um, it feels a little bit like the Wild West to some extent that there's so much um, new, but we do have a kind of a good basis from some of the prior work that's been happening in a lot of the initiatives that have been um, put together. I think really what I see as a future is, is, is a, a, a discipline that has embraced inclusive educational practices um, that really have the goal of fostering a deep understanding um, of, of data acumen, what I, what I would call data fluency, um, that it really has embraced many initiatives that we know are important to kind of create a diverse and equitable community of students. Um, there's a very active program on being human in STEM that's um, been developed at Amherst College that kind of builds on a lot of scientific um, understandings of what makes a, a, a really inclusive environment. And I'm, I'm excited to kind of be thinking about communities developing that can be working towards these shared goals with the idea that all undergraduate students, the focus of what I've been doing, um, have the ability to kind of make sense of the world around them and to be, you know, both having data literacy at a kind of a lower level or for those who go through a more deep program and take other courses to really get this idea of data acumen or data fluency in there. That's fantastic. And um, I think you just touched upon it a little bit as well. But how do you think that we as data scientists and as educators um, should be creating or evolving the community around data science education, the community that you're a part of? Well, I think I think that development of communities is really important just because of how interdisciplinary uh, things are with um, uh, a lot of the work that we're doing. We're really bringing together um, so many different disciplines and so many different approaches. When I look at the connector courses at Berkeley, for example, that were developed to kind of take take people from the data eight course into kind of the domain area, be it linguistics or history or biology or or whatever. I think that there was a whole level of kind of community building there of trying to get a common language, common purpose. Much of the work that I've been doing in recent years has been focused on outreach to two-year or community colleges. Um, and this is an area where I think there's a lot of great opportunities for us. Um, the National Academies convened a roundtable on post-secondary data science education. In June 2019, that meeting was focused on the needs and opportunities for two-year colleges. Um, there was also the two-year college data science summit. And I know the Berkeley workshops have really incorporated and embraced a lot of the California and other West Coast schools in some of those initiatives. And I think kind of figuring out ways that we can support each other so that not everyone has to kind of reinvent the wheel. You know, if you want to figure out how to set up a Jupyter Hub server, let's kind of share that wisdom in various ways. So it's not just everyone having to kind of scramble them for themselves and then figure out ways of kind of having faculty communities teaching circles and the like, so that we can really up our game and really do the best for our students moving forward. Nice. I want to circle back to what something you just talked about uh, a little bit before. Uh, 
sort of like getting people involved in the project of STEM. How do you make students interested, engaged in data science, even though they don't have a STEM background necessarily? Yeah, I think I think it's really important to be thinking about how to um, 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 you know engage students with this. I think a lot of students are really interested. There's a lot more focus and interest in the idea of um, the kind of visualization exploration. Um, for me, teaching at a liberal arts college, I can't imagine anything more kind of part of the mission than helping students, you know, that liberal art of making sense of the world around them, the data that surrounds them in, in all their ways. And that's really for data for good and data for bad. I think the idea that, you know, data is just going to kind of lead us into this beautiful world where we all live and there's not, you know, various kind of data ethics issues and the like are, are really important. Um, and so I think kind of thinking about both kind of data science for good, data science for bad. I teach in a school that has an open curriculum. And our goal really there is to lure students into, you know, finding stuff that's important to them. Um, and I think that's going to be really important to us in thinking about this. Also kind of working to kind of make those connections. Um, I talked briefly about the, um, you know, the connector courses from, from data aid. Um, you know, we have lots of equivalent things where we now have groups working on digital humanities, quantitative social science, um, expansion really of the STEM disciplines. You're no longer getting published, uh, you know, by just doing a two sample t-test. And so kind of trying to figure out to be more, um, you know, this aspect of communication, um, kind of the modeling process come beginning to end. I think that's something that students kind of start to see much more, given that we now have more statistics in the K-12 curriculum. There's actually more of this engagement in the science curriculum. Kind of looking then and bringing that forward, I think makes it easier for us to reach far beyond the STEM disciplines. Awesome. So another, just going back, like, what was your motivation in sort of bringing data science to Amherst? You know, how did you get into this personally? Was it was it driven by, you know, trends that you saw? Was it driven by, uh, you know, evolution in your professional community? Where, where were you taking cues when you got into this? So as we were developing the programs in, in, at Amherst College and in the five college consortium, because there's a lot of kind of cross fertilization there, um, what we were really thinking was that there was a need for students to kind of go beyond what had traditionally been part of the statistics curriculum where I was teaching. Uh, I think it was possible for people to kind of only analyze data that um, in their courses that was coming as a CSV file at the end of a textbook. That's not how data arise in the real world. And to kind of really be thinking that whole aspect of the data science analysis cycle and to kind of really be doing that in a way that they could communicate their results. We've seen lots of examples, Eric, where people have done the best you know, model ever, but they can't communicate it to save their life. That's not going to do anyone any, any good. And so this idea of really thinking about opportunities to kind of build a curriculum that allows people to develop that and practice those skills in a spiral way. We chose for our introductory data science course to build it on top of the foundation of an introductory CS course and an introductory statistics course. And we did that because we wanted to be able to leverage those two foundations, the computation and the statistics, to be able to get students further than one might do with a no prerequisite course. Obviously, there's advantages and disadvantages to these different approaches, but I think that course has really been able to get students to the point where they have some prior experience with visualization, 
They know how to write a function, but to really kind of get to the point where they start kind of implementing those different components of data acumen that, you know, I mentioned from the National Academies report. Uh, while we're on this, I think you have a new textbook out. Is that correct? I do indeed. The second edition of the modern, uh, our modern data science with our book um, is hitting uh, fabulous bookstores all over the place um, in uh, the end of March. But more importantly, I think, and more usefully, the entire content is available on Bookdown format. Um, and if you just Google modern data science with R, uh, I think you'll find that. I'm particularly excited about the augmented data ethics chapter that's in there, as well as kind of updates that we've made to really try to provide a more coherent and consistent interface to some of the more uh, recently developed tidyverse packages. Um, but I'm pretty excited about the different aspects of that and and the fact that it's now available for people um, without any uh, any charge who want to dive in. Awesome. Open educational resources. Who 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 is your textbook targeted at? The textbook is targeted at students in an introductory uh, course or those who want to kind of, you know, try to figure out what's going on in there. Um, you know, the first part of the book really develops a, a kind of grammar of graphics, kind of similar to the kinds of things you'll be seeing in Python and R, but just kind of starting to express yourself with some kind of visualization foundation. A whole bunch of data wrangling, iteration, you know, kind of table operations and the like. And then kind of moving after an important, you know, chunk of ethics to think about different models and approaches, text as data, network statistics, um, some mapping, um, but to really kind of give people an overview of some of the main areas uh, that are that are kind of the foundations of data science. All right. So um, I feel like, you know, we're part of this momentum around a foundations class, Data 8, your textbook. There's efforts at K-12 level as well. Uh, what do you think comes after this? Suppose we get lots of people in the door to take your class or, or a Data 8 style class. What comes after that? What's, what's, what's the thing that we need to launch people into? I think that next step of where we launch after a, a kind of an introductory data eight course or, or like the, you know, the one that we've put together um, is an area where there's lots of good opportunities. Um, I do like the Berkeley Data 100 approach, and that's a pretty hardcore course, but that really kind of coming out of that, uh, people re have, a, I think, a, a strong foundation in data technologies as well as some of the other more sophisticated models. We've created a capstone course uh, called Advanced Data Analysis that really is focused on developing, giving students repeated exposure to um, the kind of you know, aspect of the entire data analysis cycle. Um, I had, uh, it was interesting teaching that this uh, fall, obviously COVID complicated things in various ways, but in both a kind of in-person and a online version, having the students work in teams to extract meaning from a textbook uh, that had been written on the history of Amherst College from the 1870s. And that raised all kinds of questions about, you know, historical viewpoints on, on race and racism, on kind of different aspects of how things were put together, but to really, I think, engage the students in trying to extract some meaning from that. In the same way that some of the literary analyses that have been done in Data 8 and other courses, I think kind of make these connections across the curriculum and get people thinking beyond just kind of traditional use of statistics. So I think that kind of approach where there's a project-based course, group-based course that can build on those capacities, because we know that people need repeated exposure to this. 
Awesome. Thank you. Um, so my last question is, you know, you've been part of our national workshop, I think, each time it's run. Um, and what's your vision of how we could evolve this workshop? Like, what's the what's the even bigger tent that we could build? Uh, you know, what's the direction for us to take this momentum that we already have? Yeah. And again, it's been a great pleasure. I've learned so much from each one of the workshops. Um, I remember us all being jammed in to a tiny room um, uh, back in a pre-pandemic uh, world. Um, but again, the connections I've made from, from some of those interactions have helped to kind of create a, a lot of opportunities and projects moving forward. I think just that part of community building um, has been really valuable because there's so many people doing so many interesting things. Um, and being able to kind of share that expertise as we're all trying to figure this out has been has been incredibly valuable. I think the challenge as we scale those things up is to try to make sure that it's not just the Amherst and Berkeleys of the world who are involved, but the other institutions um, who don't necessarily have the resources or, or um, you know, capital or social capital um, of, of, you know, some of the leading institutions. And that's where I think a lot of these efforts on kind of fostering networks of community colleges and the like. What I was really impressed by from last year's workshop was how you were able to scale it while still maintaining that kind of very deep, connected, personal thing. And this is a, one of the advantages I think we have of, you know, virtual connections. They're different, but I think they allow us to kind of go far beyond. So people don't need a travel budget. They don't need to have someone cover their class for a week while they're doing this, they can be engaging in these ways. And I think that providing opportunities to, to you know, do exactly that and to help move people along, this is a place where I think those workshops are going to be really valuable um, moving forward. Great. Thanks, Nick. These are these. This is really great, uh, you know, food for thought here. Um, is there anything you want to say to wrap up? No. Nope. Okay, it's been great talking with you. Eric, thanks. Harry, great to meet you. Keep up your excellent work. And uh, yeah, uh, Eric, as you got anything written up about this or other stuff, the Journal of Statistics and Data Science Education um, is always looking for, for parts and pieces. Um, to me, one of the things that maybe, you know, I think could be a really valuable contribution is the way that you're it's not a very Quaker phrase, but the army of students that you've created um, who didn't necessarily make the cut to be hired as staff for Data 8, but who go out boldly and start to implement things in other people's classes. And then you all figure out what little bits and bobs resonated and kind of polish them up a little bit. That to me is a really powerful uh, approach. Obviously NSF worthy in terms of funding if you had the time to do that. But those students who are doing that work, I think are learning so much. And I suspect that provides a connection in with the faculty on the other end that's also pretty profound. And I, I, I would wonder whether or not there's just enough there that a student could take the lead on such a project. I think there'd be interest in the community on it. But I think that model of kind of student engagement is the kind of things that administrations are gonna like as well because that's gonna give them stories that they're going to be able to use and I think really valuable experience for their students. Fantastic. It's the highlight of my job and why I keep doing it every day. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. 
If you're interested in learning more about data science education resources, please subscribe to our Substack to get notified when we release any future podcasts. And join our community Slack channel through the link provided in this episode's description. Thank you.